From the Hill Country in Texas, broadcasting worldwide, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, a very pleasant uh, good morning to you. It's a little bit, uh, um, well, whatever it is. It's uh, December 20 is what it is. Who cares? You don't care what time it is. You have a clock on the wall if you want to see that. This is Patrick Timpone. Good morning. And it's uh, great to be here on the third Monday of each month following Richard Massey. We have one of our fave guys and a fellow that I have so much respect for is uh, Dr. Ray Pete, Ph.D. in biology, long ago, University of Oregon, where he still lives today in Eugene. Spent a lot of time way down in Mexico. He did uh, quite a bit of research long ago on uh, uh, progesterone, uh, hormones, and uh, how progesterone and hormones related. This was way back in 68 when I started in radio. And the key idea was that energy and structure are independent in every level. And he talked about how it, uh, progesterone protects the body's structure and energy against the harmful effects of estrogen, radiation, stress, and lack of oxygen. Certainly a lot of things that we have today. And uh, we have a lot of fun talking to him. I need some water. Excuse me. Whoops. Let me grab it here. Let me grab it here, a little water. It's been very dry here, uh, cold and dry, which is uh, kind of nice, like 40 degrees at night and 75 in, in the afternoon. So it's been really a, a beautiful time to be here in Central Texas. <clears throat> but I was about to say, while well, I was so rudely interrupted by my dry throat is that if you care to ask a question of Dr. Pete, we already have a lot of great ones and we'll try to get to all of them. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com After Dr. Pete, I'm going to come on and do another little segment. Uh, This is the last show we're going to do uh, between now and January 3. Yeah, I'm going to take some time off and work on the screenplay and uh, whip it into shape continue to rewrite and rewrite and uh, so but I thought it'd be fun to kind of connect with you one-to-one before we go off on a little vacay so right after Dr. Pete's show we'll come back on and and uh, talk about some of the news and you know play around a little bit before we go on our vacation. Uh, Dr. A. Pete is I said in Oregon and we're going to now say hi to him. Dr. Pete good morning to you sir thanks for coming on. Good morning well, here we are. Man, we made another year, Doc. I don't know how we did it. Yep. <laughs> it's really been something, isn't it, the last couple of years of, with this whole virus thing? Pretty interesting, isn't it? Um, I, yeah, I, I think um, the population is sort of uh, d- deciding uh, what they believe and uh, not going to learn much more looks like about uh, half and half. Uh, Even people who got vaccinated are are realizing that uh, what the government says is seldom true. Yeah. And the other half uh, knew all along that you can't trust the government. So interesting, isn't it, Dr. Pete, of how is it possible that we could really trust the science when 
when they just keep making things up. I mean, I, I, yeah, uh, <laughs> Fauci's principle is, uh, I, I am science. Trust me. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and that's exactly what science isn't. Science is a matter of questioning science. It isn't science if it isn't questionable. And the idea that there is there such a thing as a consensus? I mean, how does it work? How do you how do you scientists really figure out? Do you just come to your own conclusion of what's true? Oh, oh the, the, the consensus. I had an interesting exchange with with a researcher a few years ago, and doubted something that she had said. Mm-hmm. Asked for a copy of the paper, and I read the paper through three or four times and couldn't find a trace of what the title said it was about. <laughs> and so I mentioned it to her, and she. Uh, three or four times uh, said you didn't read it carefully and uh, finally I I said uh, that uh, title uh, claim is absolutely not represented anywhere in the paper and she said but but that's the consensus oh that's the consensus that's what people believe Mm -hmm. and so she doesn't have to support it in any way and uh, how consensus uh, uh, the cloud cheating is is a very clear example. It, uh, he has some power uh, over government officials that keep him in his office, that despite uh, uh, conflicts of interest going, going back to his very beginning in 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 the office. Uh, but but um, for some reason, uh, the, the politicians are powerless to fire him. Uh, and so that power he has is uh, where the consensus comes from. Uh, and in the society, in a bigger sense, uh, the, 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 um, uh, going back 70 or 80 years, uh, we can see the government directly getting involved in all of the major uh, uh, scientific questions, uh, biological uh, physical, sociological, and so on. The, the government uh, intervened with its grant power. That uh, uh, the, the uh, science was turning away from uh, individual uh, researchers with a, a little self-financed lab, uh, and uh, it, it wasn't acceptable science if it didn't have financing. Uh, and so, government and the the huge corporations controlled financing to direct science to go the way they wanted it. And just before the Second World War was when the giant corporations were essentially taking over government regulation and financing of of science research and directing how the science journals would publish, how the universities would teach. Uh, they, they wouldn't support grants uh, to the universities if they taught the wrong things. Uh, and so the corporations working with and through the government uh, have created a consensus uh, of 
power mm. the beliefs the corporations wanted to instill uh, that were acceptable to the government. Yes, sir. Uh, so the, the combination of government and and uh, big corporations uh, are the consensus. Uh, and uh, if you descend, you, you don't get any funding. Uh, do you remember Peter Duisburg yes. and the AIDS yes. controversy? Uh, I heard the story that at, at the height of his rejection by the establishment, uh, a high official uh, phoned him and said he wanted to talk to him personally, so he flew across the country and uh, invited Duisburg to, to dinner, and after they ate, he pulled out a, a paper uh, an article saying that HIV causes AIDS, and it was written uh, supposedly by Peter Duisburg. And the guy said if he signed on to that and let him publish it under his name, that he would no longer be an outcast. He would get his grants again and be invited to uh, the scientific meetings and so on. And naturally, Duisburg uh, re refused and stayed an outcast. Oh, wow. Do you, do you think it's to the whole Fauci connection and these uh, drugs that that were killing this gay community with a, with an HIV thing that really never existed? Is that true? That's my belief, and that's wow. Peter Duisburg's. Uh, and uh, I've gone through everything uh, Duisburg has, has published on the subject and and talked to him. Uh, one of the crucial things uh, that I, I had read about that he uh, said was uh, uh, an unavoidable consideration was that the, the military recruits in the 1960s our blood samples were taken and frozen from all of the potential draftees. And going back in the age of HIV and AIDS, those blood samples were tested, and it was found that over the years of freezing the randomly, all of the 18-year-old men in the country were giving a, a blood sample in those years. Every year, the blood tested about, and I don't remember whether it was 0.4 or 0.5 percent positive for HIV. So the whole population, 30 years before AIDS was known, showed exactly the same proportion of the population as being HIV positive as exists at present. It's a, a resident component of our, our makeup of about 0.4 or 0.5 percent of the people with this inert antigen of the HIV virus. So, so we all uh, that's why Rich uh, actually um, my good friend and biological dentist uh, um, 
Dr. Stuart and Lindley, they have found this HIV thing in root canals. Uh, uh, yeah, it's going to be in half percent of everyone you test. Wow. Um, if you, uh, um, Duisburg points out that our, our liver is full of uh, probably thousands of of these uh, remnant viruses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not, not even sure that they were uh, ever functioning as a virus, but they they have the structure of a virus. They could be uh, pollen you inhaled. Who knows? Uh, like this uh, exosome idea, Doctor Pete. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, they are resident in our tissues, just as part of. Uh, they call it the, the dark DNA. Uh, it, it only takes a, a very small percentage of our genome DNA to to make to to describe a, a person. Uh, something like ninety-seven percent of it is mysterious. So-called dark DNA. Dark DNA. Uh, in that, uh, there there are thousands of these inert virus uh, remnants. So that if you're sick, uh, your tissues are stirred up. Uh, the the yes. uh, uh, genome is activated and disturbed and lets out uh, a relatively uh, broad spectrum of, of this dark DNA. Uh, and Duisburg uh, suggests that uh, HIV is just one of these. But uh, it, it would account for sick people uh, testing uh, positive more than healthy people. Uh, it, but in the general population, it's, it's about a half percent test positive. So in, with sick, then we can also argue that that's really could be the healing process as well. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, um, the liver is putting out... Uh, uh, sort of hypotheses about what might help to hmm. repair repair the stress. Uh, so, so it's an explosion of variability. Uh, and uh, uh, if you test for that variability, you, you see things that uh, are associated with uh, 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 people being sick, but it doesn't mean that... that, that they have anything. Yeah, this is so. Then this is why the, the famous videos are out there that we've streamed, Doctor Pete, on our show, on our network, from Carrie Mullis, so you know the uh, Nobel Prize winner for the PCR test, and he's very clearly says if you spin this thing, you know, high enough, you can you can you can come up with thousands of things it'll find. Uh, yeah, and the government instructions right from the start. It's forty-five, right? Uh, yeah, twice as many. <laughs> as you knew would produce false positives. So what they did was create a, a, a an epidemic of tests. The more tests they did uh, exactly corresponding to, to the increase in the number of tests, the increase in the number of so-called cases increased. Yes. But the cases were simply a reflection of how many people you tested. And so this whole thing was run on false data that nobody has talked about except alternative places like here and other, you know other people have, but just not it's just a handful compared to media. Yeah, and suddenly when the virus, when the vaccine came on the market, uh, the government said 
uh, okay, now you can run it to normal uh, 30 or 35 cycles, and uh, that'll, that'll make it look like we're curing the disease because there will be fewer positive oh, so they can change the spins uh, yeah, yeah they probably do that with a email or a telegram to whatever or the connection with the PCR test company well when they did the whole AIDS thing in the late 70s and around 80 was it a similar do you know doc a, a PCR type test where they came up with some kind of identification of this molecule HIV I, I, n- no I don't think that came until later. Ah. So what did they use? Uh, um, the the um, uh, antigen, I, I think, uh, was the main uh, uh, specific uh, identifier. The antigen. Uh, uh, antibody antigen reactions. Which is part and parcel of the molecules at the release. The liver just kind of throws out when things are uh, going on? Yeah, for many years, the antibody, you would put some of the sample in an animal and elicit antibodies to it and then concentrate those antibodies and use it to identify the substance. You can still make a microscopic image of something by... Uh, applying the the right type of antibody to the uh, microscope slide uh, and the uh, specific antibody will be labeled uh, with either a dye or a a radioactive isotope uh, so that you can uh, make a picture of uh, specific types of uh, protein antigens. Mm -hmm. So there's many views, of course, on the idea of this isolation and you're on record saying, well, it doesn't really need to be isolated to maybe to cause or affect people and be shared, and that's uh, fair enough. But um, if there, whatever this original COVID thing is or isn't or, or out of a lab or natural, could this entity, if it exists, actually mutate into another thing called Delta or Omicron? Is that even possible? Uh, oh, uh- uh, yeah, it, it, you can engineer, you can start with a, a bat virus or mm-hmm. a, 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 any kind of a, a known transmissible virus-like agent, uh, and then using uh, the uh, DNA engineering techniques that have developed over the last uh, 50 or 60 years, uh, you can change individual amino acids, or you can take out a block and put in a new block uh, that has a, a known function. Uh, so you can write your own virus program, essentially. Uh, that's what uh, Ralph Berrick and his lab at the University of North Carolina and the Fort Dietrich Germ Warfare uh, lab, uh, what they specialize in is uh, creating uh, gain-of-function viruses uh, or you make uh, a harmless uh, animal virus a- able Do to something. infect yeah. a human being uh, and then to make it more or less uh, uh, virulent uh, by uh, ad- adding a stretch of DNA that uh, in- increases certain activities. And Dr. Pete, if one did that, how would they distribute that to people? Uh, uh, 
the uh, 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 during World War II, uh, the, the Germans and Japanese uh, were leaders in germ warfare, but uh, the U.S. recruited their germ warfare experts instead of hanging them. Uh, they came to work for the U.S. government, and uh, <laughs> at that time, uh, the Fort Detrick lab was, was just uh, uh, one of two or three major germ warfare experimental uh, labs. Uh, the uh, author of the best-selling medical physiology textbook, uh, Arthur Guyton, uh, was working for the germ warfare uh, lab uh, after the uh, right at the end of of Second World War, and his specialty was uh, to make aerosols uh, out of germs such as a polio uh, virus uh, to uh, make it uh, survivable and transmissible through the air. Wow. Uh, and uh, the government was experimenting uh, that they would use a marker bacterium uh, as something that was easy to find when it infected people. Uh, they sprayed San Francisco, for example, uh, with an aerosol of a bacterium that uh, produced a, a, a very visible uh, uh, response in the individual without especially making them sick. So they were testing it on uh, innocent American populations. Uh, and in the process uh, of making aerosols uh, from uh, the polio germs, uh, Arthur Guyton became with polio and, and retired uh, to, to teach uh, medical physiology at the University of Mississippi and, and write his famous but very stupid textbook. But, you know, there are people that are really arguing that the polio thing was really never about a, quote, virus, unquote, more about DDT and chemical poison. Uh, uh, yeah, but the government believed Oh. In, in the potential of the virus. Oh, too. they believed in it? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. Fascinating. Dr. Ray Pete is with us. Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. We have lots of uh, questions, Doc. We'd like to get to as many as we can so we don't use up too much of your time because I know you got to go Christmas shopping. So uh, we're going to take a quick little break here and... Uh, We'll be right back and get your, get your email. So here we go. This conversation goes back seven years with Dr. Patrick Flanagan. Listen. And then I discovered uh, that Hunza water also contained negative ionized hydrogen, which is a source of biological electrons. When we're young, we have enzymes in our body called dehydrogenase, and the purpose of dehydrogenase is to lift off hydrogen ions from foods we eat and and their purpose is to create NADH which is a chemical that acts as a shuttle in the mitochondria for producing uh, all the energy in our body adenosine triphosphate and when people take this it it causes DNA repair it heals the body from uh, all kinds of oxygen-free radicals. It also helps the body recover from damage from radiation. Well, we certainly want some of this stuff, right? Check out our AquaCure machine. 
AquaCare machine on OneRadioNetwork.com, lifetime warranty, and along with a lifetime warranty, a one-year, no-questions-asked, money-back guarantee. If you don't like your results, breathe the gas, bubble the water, listen to what Dr. Flanagan has to say about this and others. The AquaCure machine on OneRadioNetwork.com. Use promo code OneRadio, 10% discount. We love ours. I think you'll enjoy it. I do it a lot. Uh, drink the water, more breathing the gas, and uh, I got myself a 25-foot cannula, and you can just, and it's Brown's Gas, and you can go on MolecularHydrogenInstitute.com and look at some of the many, many peer-reviewed studies. A lot of work has been done with hydrogen breathing this, uh, and just the just the hydrogen. Our machine does Brown's Gas Hydrogen, which is a, uh, a level up, where it's working with the uh, the, the water structure, like Gerald Pollack talks about, to make more of these little good guys in your body. So it's, a, it's, a, it's actually better than molecular hydrogen, Brown's gas. But uh, you can go on MolecularHydrogenInstitute.com, look at the studies. They've been doing a lot of work with um, uh, people that have had strokes to help them heal, uh, breathing the Brown's gas, or just breathing the molecular hydrogen. Again, not to get too redundant, but our machine, Hockwicure, does Brown's gas, which is a higher level with the uh, with the water. There is a fancy name for it, but it doesn't matter. The Gerald Pollock work with the fourth phase of water. So it's cool. Uh, check it out. Use promo code One Radio, ten percent discount, a lifetime warranty, and a one year no questions asked money back warranty. When's the last time you heard of somebody having a machine that does that? I mean, you could have this thing for ten months and say, George, I don't want it. Give me my money back. You're not going to do it because you, you'll like it. That's my opinion. But, you know, you, you have that option on OneRadioNetwork.com. I spend a lot of time in the outdoors, but I do live in the temperate zone. Wintertime means that we're just not getting adequate sunlight to produce enough vitamin D. Even if we went outside and exposed ourselves to the sun, there's just not enough UV because of the angle the sun is at. A lot of people live in urban environments where buildings effectively act like canyons, blocking sunlight. We wear a lot more clothing than ever before. And now with things like lockdowns, people are simply not spending as much time outside getting exposure to sun. So if you're not getting adequate vitamin D, you can end up with chronically low levels, just like almost half of the American population. And that's pretty scary because vitamin D3 deficiency has been implicated in many forms of cancer and negative outcomes from things like flu and COVID. So it's really crucial that we keep our dietary vitamin D3 up and because a lot of the traditional foods like liver and other organ meats that we used to eat that were rich in vitamin D3 are no longer really represented in our diet, we need some kind of high quality vitamin D3 supplement. That's why I love D3K2 Sir Thrival's Daylight Concentrate. It's naturally sourced vitamin D3 from sheep's lanolin and K2 from Japanese natto. That's the most natural supplement you're gonna find anywhere. And at 270 doses per bottle, this is an incredibly good value. Easy to take, just two drops a day. Get one for you, get one for your family members. This is on any survival link, and you'll find the colostrum there, the elk velvet antler, um, pine pollen, the digestive bitters, also the shaga and the rishi, everything in Myron glass, very high quality. We think you'll enjoy your experience with any survival product on OneRadioNetwork.com. 
One of my good friends is uh, Brandon Amalani. He used to work with Daniel. Brandon has a company called Shen Blossom, and he has very high quality, uh, all um, kind of tied in with Chinese medicine, some very ancient formulas. He has uh, a 50-year-old ginseng. Uh, also, he does shaga, reishi, um, some digestive um, uh, bitters as well, and also some digestive uh, uh, powders that you can use. Um, I like his uh, detox formulas. Wonderful, wonderful products. Again, everything in Myron glasses like Daniel does. Check it out. We think you'll uh, enjoy getting something for over the holidays. Um, you know, just all kinds of things. Very high quality on OneRadioNetwork.com. Shen Blossom. And before we go back to Dr. Pete, remember we have what we think is one of the best saunas ever. It's a portable sauna, $1,295. Far infrared sauna. Incredibly low EMFs. There's no radio frequencies. A little bit of magnetic energy from the floor to the bottom of the chair. And uh, your head is sticking out, as you can see, if you see the video. And uh, you can sweat as long as you're getting your water and your little aminos. You'll be fine. And I do it every day of my life. Not that what I do matters, but we think you'll enjoy this puppy. It's right on the front page of One Radio Network. Uh, and Well, just click. The, I'm sorry. The only way you get this baby is to email me, Patrick, at One Radio Network for a price that we're not allowed to kind of put in print, but just to email me, Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com, and we'll give you the good price. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. We're with Ph.D. Dr. Ray Pete. Uh, his uh, website is RayPete.com. Um, I think it's Ray Pete, right? Yeah, RayPete.com. And uh, also you can get his newsletter by emailing newsletter plural, at gmail.com. And it's very affordable. And Doc, well, that comes out, what, every few months, a couple months? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go from uh, every other month to a quarterly uh, this coming year. Oh, good for you. Yeah, good for you. I think that's right thing to do so the next one will come out uh, every three months uh-huh like uh, so it'll be uh, april or march something like that I, i'm not sure you're not sure yeah yeah what first one will be yeah yeah this is a good question to start with and we get this a lot what does dr pete think the reason why people feel better when they take i take ivermectin i mean because i don't even know if there is a virus and well that's what they're saying. It's a long email, but it's a, it is a good question. Why would people feel better and taking ivermectin? And they, they, they believe they have this COVID virus, so they take ivermectin and they feel better. I, I, I've heard that it does um, at least 20 uh, different uh, uh, chemical effects in the body, but the, the essential thing, I think, uh, for feeling better, as well as recovering more quickly, is its anti-inflammatory action. And just about any substance or process that's anti-inflammatory is also going to be anticoagulant to some extent and protect you against the clotting and bleeding syndromes 
that are associated with COVID. I see. And isn't that interesting? I mean, essentially, it's ivermectin, isn't it? A kind of a, a worm medita- uh, parasite for horses kind of thing? Uh, uh, yeah, it's a bacterial uh, antibiotic substance, a very complex, uh, fairly big molecule. Mm-hmm. But it's been used around the world for a parasite treatment, uh, billions of doses given given to humans to uh, cure uh, uh, intestinal parasites. And I guess it could be argued that many people do have parasites, and so they feel better if they go? Uh, no, 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 I think the reason they feel better is uh, that it has so many uh, 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 good effects related to uh, reducing inflammation. I see. How relevant is it for people when they take something like ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or something in their belief, the placebo, that they are going to feel better? How do you feel uh, about that? Uh, oh, the placebo effect is extremely powerful. Uh, uh, and uh, the, the, um, uh, the the quinine uh, derivatives, there are two synthetic uh, quinine-like drugs uh, that uh, are, are for, for some reason, uh, prescribed, I, I guess, cheapness or profitability. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. quinine is the basic thing that uh, has a very broad spectrum of of therapeutic value, but uh, just uh, taking a, a bitter uh, potion is going to have a fairly powerful uh, placebo effect uh, just because you, you know it has potency if it tastes so so bad and bitter. Interesting. If it tastes yucky, right, it's got to be good for it. <laughs> uh, yeah, like we found that a, a pill... Uh, which is bright red, hmm. it is a more effective placebo than uh, uh, some uh, neutral colored pill. Isn't it interesting? Wow. Oh. Um, would you please ask Dr. P, we'll get in the emails here, another one, about the safety of consuming animal brain to raise cholesterol. Eating eggs and very high sugar diet hasn't moved mine. Perhaps there is another alternative Karen wants to get her cholesterol number up. Uh, um, uh, uh, in a medical school about 50 years ago, someone uh, wondered uh, how, how effective dietary cholesterol <laughs> really is at, at raising the blood level of cholesterol because uh, of all of the uh, fear of eating high cholesterol foods. So they right. had medical students eat every day uh, a different quantity of eggs uh, and uh, uh, up to about 20 eggs per day uh, they didn't get a cholesterol increase in the blood is in that the healthy right? in the healthy people but if they were uh, uh, very sick uh, they could get a, a cholesterol rise in the blood from a, a smaller amount but uh, on average I think it took the healthy medical students about 22 eggs uh, per day to get a rise in their uh, circulating cholesterol. Well what does that tell us about the healthy and the 
is that we yeah, what we, is have, <laughs> we powerfully regulate the amount of of uh, circulating cholesterol because it's an essential factor in our health. Uh, and hmm. the reason cholesterol rises uh, is that it's a defensive uh, substance. Uh, if you increase the amount of blood uh, and just look at uh, the ovaries production of progesterone, the amount of uh, cholesterol in the blood going into the ovary exactly corresponds to the amount of progesterone coming out of the ovary on the other side. Wow. Uh, and uh, that means that uh, when the blood level of cholesterol rises, uh, your body uh, is uh, increasing it so that the defensive protective hormones, uh, including DHEA, progesterone, and uh, pregnenolone, and so on, mm-hmm. that, that these will be uh, increased protectively. So that's that's one of the arguments why folks try to get that cholesterol number up. Um, uh, yeah, and usually the, the the most common reason for low cholesterol down around 140 milligrams right. percent, where it should be around 200, 160 to 220 or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the the um, uh, thyroid. Uh, uh, level uh, is what's responsible for converting the cholesterol into the defensive substances. But if your liver and intestine are very seriously damaged by poisons coming out of your intestine, then you can't make enough cholesterol to circulate and turn into the uh, uh, protective steroids. So the first thing to, to make sure your liver is able to produce the cholesterol you need uh, for the glands uh, and brain and other tissues uh, to produce the defensive uh, progesterone, uh, the first thing you have to do is stop poisoning your liver by uh, improving your digestion. Uh, the thyroid and the protective hormones do protect your liver and, and intestine, but uh, they can't do the job alone if you're uh, eating uh, stuff that's very hard to digest and full of toxins. Uh, for example, just eating a, a very big green salad every day. Uh, uh, if a person is in perfect health, uh, it'll go right through them quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, acting as a fiber, but if they're already having a sluggish digestion, that raw lettuce or spinach or whatever the leaves are will sit in place being warm and exposed to bacteria so that it rots horribly before it gets out of your system. And the toxins produced from something seemingly as innocuous as a green salad uh, can uh, very powerfully uh, uh, limit your ability, your, your intestines and liver's ability uh, to, to keep up your cholesterol production. Wow. So there's times, depending on one salads, they're not the best choice, and you'd be better to cook the greens. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, that 
uh, allows uh, your actual digestive enzymes uh, to to extract something by breaking down the cellulose uh, that uh, leaves only the bacteria to act on the on the raw leaves. So, what's going on in the digestion that is not allowing the raw salad to be a good thing? What's happening? What are, what are we lacking there? Uh, uh, quick peristalsis. Quick <laughs> peristalsis. Yeah. So that's yeah, the colon making it doing its thing to move things through. Yeah, starting at your stomach, uh, you, your stomach has to produce the digestive enzymes quickly, move it on, uh, quickly get your pancreas uh, to excrete the uh, more of the digestive enzymes, uh, get it to move on uh, as soon as the, the body has extracted what it can, then move the residue on quickly and eliminate it. Uh, and the quicker it goes through, the cleaner your intestine is, uh, producing the, the less uh, lower amount of toxins. And how do we ensure that we have these digestive enzymes? I've heard that if you take digestive enzymes, it actually can teach your body not to make them. Uh, no, I don't think no? it uh, teaches. Uh, but um, you have to remember that the enzymes can't be cooked to sterilize them. And so uh, when you're eating a so-called enzyme, you're eating a raw animal organ. Not good? Uh, And so you have to be uh, ultra careful that they don't contain uh, bacteria or other infective material. Wow. Have you ever found any that are okay to do digestive enzymes? Um, I think it's a matter of trial and error. Hmm. See what works. Uh, but, but if you have a good thyroid function uh, as well as uh, all of the essential nutrients, uh, that's the main thing for uh, quick stomach uh, emptying, uh, quick pancreatic uh, secretions, uh, quick peristalsis, and quick elimination. So that's why over the years you focus so much on the thyroid and become really good at understanding it. Because if you get this little guy working, then everybody can can play along nicely. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and there are some foods that can be therapeutic while uh, waiting for your uh, thyroid health to, to be, be normalized. And what are those? Uh, um, my, my first experience was with the raw carrot every day. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, raw carrot. Uh, I, I stopped having migraines as long as I ate a raw carrot <laughs> every day. Uh, but then uh, I found that taking thyroid, I was no longer so absolutely dependent on, on the carrot. daily carrot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are several other fibers that are just about as safe as carrot. The, the carrot contains some toxins, as uh, plant materials in general do, mm-hmm. but the high fiber content of the raw carrot uh, prevents almost all of the toxins from being absorbed. Uh, you don't even get much carotene uh, if you're, uh, uh, for example, if you just chew your carrot or if you uh, shred it lengthwise. Uh, so it doesn't produce a lot of juice. You don't want to put a carrot through a blender because that uh, releases most of the 
carotene to be absorbed. So you like to shred it, like you do it on a cheese shredder kind of thing? Uh, right? Yeah, there are food processors yeah. that will uh, make a nice, nice, fine, shreddy. And don't you put something on it, too, if I recall? Like oh, uh, olive oil tastes very good, mm-hmm. uh, and vinegar, and it happens that uh, both uh, the oil, olive oil, and the vinegar, which is a saturated fatty acid, that these are uh, antiseptics, and the fiber of the carrot distributes the vinegar and oil all along your intestine. If you just drank the the oil and vinegar, they would, no. yeah, they would be That's gone. That's great. And what are some of these other, other than carrots, that do similar thing with the high fiber? Uh, uh, very well cooked mushrooms mm-hmm. are pretty effective. Uh, very well cooked bamboo shoots mm-hmm. uh, and the traditional uh, oat bran. Oat bran. Uh, uh, yeah, the the bran has some of the same effects, so it has a very low calorie <laughs> content. Uh, it makes a very pleasant uh, breakfast cereal to uh, make a porridge uh, out of the oat bran. Yes, oat bran. What about steel cut oats? Are they good? They work? Uh, the what? Steel cut oats. Oh, oh um, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, uh, any oatmeal mm-hmm. is Got some valuable. good stuff. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it could be rolled oats, uh, or, or uh, the, just, just the grain is, is f- fibrous enough that it has a good effect. Mm-hmm. I, I think the, the drawback that uh, scares some people away from it is that uh, experiments have found that uh, the uh, oatmeal, as usually consumed, contains, I think it's phytic acid that binds... Uh, 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 the the um, minerals. I, I'm not sure it's phytic acid, but anyway, something that, that binds the magnesium and calcium, so that uh, you're, according to those experiments, uh, uh, the, the more oatmeal you eat, the less calcium and magnesium your body can absorb. Huh. So, uh, if you're going to eat oatmeal, you have to make sure to get extra milk. Milk, yeah, good old milk. Uh, here's an email for Dr. Ray Pete, Patrick Timpone. Dr. Pete is here on the uh, third Monday. We're going to stay stay around after we let Dr. Pete go and hang out and uh, talk a little bit before we take a couple weeks off for vacation. My wife has been diagnosed, writes an emailer, with myestia, you know what I'm saying, myestia gravis. How do you say that first word, Doc? My, myasthenia. Myasthenia gravis. Does Dr. Pete have any suggestions that what could be the cause and the help with this condition? Uh, I've seen improvement just by correcting the thyroid function. Really? Wow. Just thyroid function. And again, you you kind of focus in, if I if I understand, um, on the TSH, right? And you want this guy down there to what'd you say? Point two. Uh, uh, yeah, below zero point four. Uh, I'm sorry, zero point four. It's fairly safe, but uh, it's fine to be even lower than that. Wow. Uh, and and the body temperature is, is the other thing. Uh, you uh, the, the combination of of a low TSH with a 
good warm body temperature that uh, stays around 98.6 for the bulk of the daytime. And in the morning, uh, at least 98 or so to when you wake up? Uh, uh, yeah, 97.8. Mm-hmm. Can, it's okay if you warm up after breakfast. Mm. So say if you had your thyroid kind of low under one and your temperature is still colder, you'd want to increase the thyroid stuff, the piggy. Uh, huh? Yeah, gen- generally it, c- it c- could be uh, other hormones lacking, uh, so you want to make sure your whole uh, uh, nutritional uh, intake has all of the essential minerals and vitamins and, and quantity of protein and carbohydrates. All the good stuff. Could you please ask Dr. Pete another email? Excuse me. What he thinks of astaxanthin. It's a touted to me in many benefits. Uh, thanks for having on the show every week. Do you know that one, astaxanthin? Oh, oh uh, yeah, it, it's in in the same family as, as carotene. Uh, it's an antioxidant, but uh, I'm not too enthusiastic about that general family. Uh, too much of it uh, can interfere with your thyroid function. In that family, and what family is that? Uh, the carotene family? I, I think that's where this... Are Hesizanthin? Uh, uh, isn't it in the family of like greens or like colorella spirulina? Maybe not. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, uh, uh, my, my impression is that it's related to the carotene. Carotene. What family is that? What are some other carotene family things? Uh, uh, they are uh, precursors. Uh, are related uh, to vitamin A. Ah, vitamin uh, A. And the, the other uh, yellow, mostly yellow and orange pigments uh, are the flavonoids. Uh, and those, uh, the bulk of them, uh, there are thousands of different flavonoids, but uh, the, the largest number of them uh, are, are very protective anti-inflammatory things. Uh, where the carotenoids uh, uh, can can even associate with increased cancer, uh, mm. increased damage uh, to the skin from sunburn and so on. Does Dr. Ray Pete think it's a good idea to take supplemental iodine for thyroid function? Uh, no, uh, almost never. Uh, uh, there are several dozen studies of wow. uh, the iodine intake around the world that increased when they started iodizing uh, uh, salt uh, and found that uh, even, uh, I think it's somewhere around, uh, well, half a milligram a day uh, associates strongly with damage to the thyroid gland. Really? uh, And eventually uh, 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 loss of thyroid function. Hmm. Do you think this could be the reason when they start doing the iodized salt thing? Could this have been a reason why thi- people have thyroid issues? Or hmm? I, I think that's part of it. Wow. Fascinating. When did the iodized salt, salt thing happen? 
it did cure a, a lot of the uh, uh, goiters and hypothyroid uh, some regions of uh, 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 parts of China and South America are still very iodine deficient, but. Uh, uh, Outside of those areas, uh, the supplemental iodine uh, is more likely to cause damage, cause damage. Over, over the years. So that's why we're kind of fans of, uh, say, like the pickling and canning, just pure salt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then that's one of the reasons why you're not a big proponent of these expensive sea salts, because they got a lot of other stuff in there? Uh, yeah, if, if they aren't pure white. Uh, that means that uh, at best it'll be uh, some of the clay and mud from the <laughs> from the beach where it's collected. We probably don't uh, need that, right? <laughs> uh, it's hard to predict what kind of uh, harmful minerals might might be in that clay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pink salt uh, is very high in iron, so I, I don't think it's good to use regularly. They charge you extra for the pink salt, Doc. You know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Here's a question for Dr. Pete from Mike. If Dr. Pete were, was, was elected to replace Dr. Fauci as the chief medical advisor, what recommendations would he make to the American people with regard to the COVID pandemic? Interesting question. Uh, uh, first, I would uh, uh, look, look at all of the data, a- any data that had ever uh, been uh, claimed to be a basis for saying that there is a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, make that public uh, uh, instead of stonewalling when when someone sues the government uh, public health agency. Uh, instead of keeping uh, the the basis for the pandemic existing, instead of keeping it secret, first thing would be to look at the data uh, uh, that. That they claimed uh, was confirming the existence of such a thing as a pandemic, uh, and uh, uh, so far, uh, no such evidence has been found. Uh, uh, what they did was uh, subsidize people to make up uh, horrible uh, possibilities, imaginary scenarios of what might happen, uh, and then that. Presented, was presented as the science rather than as uh, a government-supported hi- hypothesis about the horrible possibilities. Yeah. Yeah, Stefan Leica and these other folks, as you know, they claim that there was the original thing was some kind of snot from somebody and the whole thing was a computer-generated model. Uh, 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 yeah, uh, and uh, one of the most... Hmm. Uh, 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 under-discussed facts that is right open to everyone is that right after the pandemic was declared, uh, up to that point through history, uh, there had been uh, thousands of people uh, dying seasonally from uh, uh, flu, right? <laughs> influenza, ordinary flu, and varieties of uh, pneumonia, but uh, the week, the second week of April, uh, twenty twenty, when there was this horrible spike in deaths, so-called from 
uh, COVID, that week flu went out of existence around the world. Uh, you don't have influenza committing suicide uh, just so that the same amount of uh, death could be blamed uh, on on COVID. Yes, sir. It was simply a, a renaming of deaths that were happening anyway. Yes, sir. Wow. Um, well, let me just do this email. Uh, from George. What does Dr. Pete make of the videos that I've seen of these football players, it's called soccer over there, of up to 100 have already had myocardial infarctions, heart attacks. Uh, was that following a, a vaccine? Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah the, the figures are clear that the vaccine is pro-inflammatory, pro-coagulation, uh, and uh, with excess coagulation, uh, the risk of uh, bleeding, wow. internal bleeding. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's a series of very closely related things. Inflammation causes coagulation. Coagulation depletes the uh, the defense, uh, and you you can end up with with a bleeding stroke. Doc, uh, yeah, and Doc, uh, you go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, well, go ahead. well uh, the, the the number of heart attacks uh, is. Uh, very, very clearly connected to yes. the uh, vaccination. And, and um, what um, do we know? What the uh, result of any of these extra boosters? As you know, Mr. Fauci. Now they're talking about there's going to be two or three, or maybe once a year. Is there any idea? This is, or is this so new that we have no idea what these boosters? could do um, to people. I, I think so far they've just been the same thing over and over. Is it just, just the same thing? More of the same. You can't, even with the, the phony so-called vaccine principle uh, of the RNA, uh, you, you can't keep up with the changes in the virus, so you, you can't fight an epidemic in, in process with vaccines. Uh, it's never been rational. Uh, it's simply a, a fraudulent uh, scheme to, to, to keep people uh, under control. Hmm. Do you think the truth of this, Dr. Ray Pete, on this December 20 day, will ever come out? What's your theory? Do you think it'll ever come the, out? The is out, but yeah, of it, course it's out. But it's a matter of what you out, want out. to look at it. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the, the people who are convinced that it, it, it's a crime not to be vaccinated are, are never going to look at the uh, evidence. You don't think they will? Yeah, no. they're locking. They're actually locking people down in what Sweden and other places like that who haven't been vaccinated. Uh, yeah, locking them down, uh, putting them in in prison camps. Yes, sir. Here's an email from a lady, uh, the fellow that I live with, who I love, as being forced. Well, he doesn't have to, but he thinks he's being forced to get a booster shot. And I'm wondering that I need to refrain from kissing and sex for some time after he gets it. Whoa. Uh, uh, yeah, the shedding, uh, the, uh, the phenomenon of shedding was known long before the vaccine. 
uh, people are always putting out in their sweat, uh, urine, body fluids, and even breath, uh, the proteins uh, and pieces of uh, DNA and RNA that are circulating in their blood, that they come right out of the person into the air and and surroundings. Uh, That's uh, established. Uh, And so if you have a new circulating material in the body, the vaccine, uh, they simply asserted that it wouldn't wouldn't get away from your arm lymph nodes, that it wouldn't get into your general circulation. Uh, but uh, it was shown to circulate in the bloodstream, concentrated in the gonads and yes, spleen yeah. uh, and uh, other tissues. Uh, they're still saying, even though now it's acknowledged to circulate to uh, all of the organs to some extent, they're saying it can't get into the uh, breastfeeding woman's milk for some, the same reason that it couldn't get into the bloodstream. Uh, so if it can't get into the milk, naturally the vaccine can't make the baby sick, uh, except there's no fact to, to support their claims. We had a, a virologist on, Dr. Uh, Jancy Lindsay, very well-respected lady who's testified in court cases and all this, and she she laid out a pretty eloquent argument with science and peer reviews and from people all over the world that these things are going all over the body, just as you just said, everywhere, everywhere, all the uh, organs. Uh, and the, the since the vaccine has its uh, course. From, from the arm through your bloodstream to the various organs, mm-hmm. it, it settles out into those organs and gradually disappears from the bloodstream. So it's thought that the maximum shedding is going to be while it's circulating through your bloodstream, getting into your breath and sweat and so on. Oh, and if naturally, if it gets into your sweat, it's able to get into the breast milk. So is that an argument that for this uh, emailer to after some time she wouldn't have to be concerned with her her significant uh, uh, other? Uh, yeah, uh, possibly, <coughs> uh, possibly uh, up to a month, but mm-hmm. usually the first two weeks after vaccination is when you're uh, most mm-hmm. likely to be shedding. So if I understand, though, what what I heard you say, correct me if I'm wrong, that we are always shedding or sharing whatever you want to call them, exosomes or virus, uh, uh, with everybody, aren't we, all the time? Uh, yeah, everything that circulates in the blood, uh, surprisingly, even long strips of uh, bare nucleic acids that doesn't, doesn't wow. have to be uh, encapsulated in a lipid to go through uh, uh, blood vessels and so on. It, it uh, has controls. They've injected uh, uh, bare DNA and found that it went right, uh, right through so-called cell membranes, uh, got inside cells, uh, and so that stuff circulating in the blood is always uh, some of it blows out through your lungs. So if you put a cold uh, object under your nose. Uh, uh, that 
uh, allows condensation on the cold, and then analyze that, you'll find proteins, fats, uh, uh, RNA, DNA. Wow. Uh, bits of everything. It's just the way it works. What's your theory of why why it's been set up like this from God or how, whichever belief system one has? Why, why would it be like this? Uh, the the ex- exosomes, uh, exosomes actually come out in your breath and body fluids. Uh, and uh, so spreading through the, the urine, the sweat, and the uh, breath, uh, these are sharing uh, our... Uh, genetic discoveries uh, with all of our colleagues. Uh, everyone is sharing the uh, patterns that uh, are a part of their life. Wow. Uh, and it turns out that, uh, like bacteria, share uh, the particles that make them immune to antibiotics. Uh, they'll pass them on not only to related bacteria, but even the stranger bacteria across species or, or types of bacteria. So as a species, we're essentially trying to help one another get healthier uh, in a way, right? Uh, yeah. In the case of bacteria, bacteria. it's very, very clear, but the same process happens on uh, among plants and animals of all sorts. Mm-hmm. But we think in terms almost, which may be incorrect, is bacteria being bad that we don't want any. Um, uh, yeah, some, sometimes uh, the bacteria will shed things mm-hmm. that we don't want that are, are poisonous to us. But also the bacteria has been said to be a healing process too. Uh, yeah, on balance, mm-hmm. uh, we've done pretty well uh, with the bacteria environment. Uh, the, the the bulk effect has been good. So if Dr. Peter Patrick or our listeners allow a, say, maybe a strep throat to happen, let the bacteria heal the tissues, as many argue, rather than get an antibiotic, that... Uh, uh, that bacteria then could be shared with others so they can do the same thing? Uh, no. The, no? The, your throat shouldn't let the bacteria reach that point. Oh. Uh, a healthy persons can have the same germs present, but they aren't hurting anything. Uh, so there's a failure in, uh, in the ground substance uh, that uh, you, you can't blame entirely on the bacteria. But so... You're not, are you advocating then if somebody has strep throat to get an antibiotic? Uh, uh, yeah, once once it has reached the point of hmm. pain, uh, getting rid of it is quick and then uh, figuring out why uh, why you've allowed that bacteria to go crazy. But doesn't when we take an antibiotic, Dr. Pete, kind of mess a lot of things up? Uh, uh, yeah, but you only should take it to, to uh, uh, get rid of the problem, not not uh, try to kill everything. Right. Uh, 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 lots of people uh, get carried away and uh, kill off all of the bacteria in their intestine, and then uh, that lets, uh, uh, since the antibiotic is harming your own host cells, it's weakening your mitochondria. Uh, you, you only want to take the minimum that will 
shift the balance in your favor. So if you give it, if they give you twenty, and the pain goes away in two days, you can stop there. Uh, uh, yeah, give it a, a, a maybe half a day uh, of tapering off just to make sure it's gone. Wow! But 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 don't do the whole. Two they always weeks. tell you to do the whole thing, though, don't they? Uh, uh, yeah, they don't want to have to pay attention or think about it. <laughs> oh God, I love them. Rachel writes in, could you please ask Dr. Pete to what causes the body to attack itself as in an autoimmune disease? I have an autoimmune disease in which my body is supposedly attacking my muscles and causing muscle weakness. What would be the best diet and supplements for something like this? Uh, um, my my uh, current newsletter has a little bit about that. Uh, uh, the... the, the um, uh, histamine, for example, uh, activated by estrogen uh, and many other things, but uh, uh, histamine and estrogen and uh, uh, endotoxin, uh, the, the, each of those tends to make your uh, tissues uh, take up water, uh, get inflamed, uh, start producing uh, more histamine or analogous things release endotoxin from your intestine to circulate through your bloodstream endotoxin makes things uh, more inflamed uh, leakier Uh, and the the histamine effect in cells is uh, 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 causing a local uptake of water a change of the protein relation to the surrounding water, uh, an activation of the cell, excitation, shift to inefficient metabolism towards lactic acid production, for example, uh, and that damage uh, uh, the, the uh, these transmitters that change the metabolism are changing the antigenic properties uh, of uh, the cell. Uh, it doesn't doesn't take a a powerful chemical reaction, just a a, a stretching or excess bend, bending or, or swelling of a tissue can change the protein conformation enough that it becomes antigenic. Uh, your immune system sees what looks like a, a foreign antigen. Uh, because of these intrinsic pro-inflammatory signals. Uh, The cell is swelling up and getting deranged. Uh, And to the immune system, uh, at an extreme, that looks like a foreign material. Uh, So the uh, immune system comes Hmm. in and tries to clean up the damage the way it would uh, with a a bacteria uh, or fungal infection. Uh, It uh, uh, it kills kills the cells and carries away the debris as far as possible. Uh, so, uh, uh, although the these same components, uh, histamine and estrogen, for example, will shift your immune system, knocking out the brain of your immune system, the thymus cells, suppressing them and releasing uh, uh, the brain uh, antibody-forming B-cells, and at the same time uh, uh, 
activating an enzyme that creates a, 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 a actual genetic change, a, a genomic destabilization uh, enzyme, they call it AID, uh, that, that um, produces novel uh, antibodies. So uh, you're generating more and more uh, antibodies uh, under the influence of estrogen and histamine. Uh, and so the, the immune system seems to be going a little crazy. But uh, what it's doing is uh, uh, revving up uh, and uh, trying to clear away the, the tissue damage, which mm. has been the basic problem. Uh, so I, I think of it as the uh, tissue damage as being primary. Uh, and so if you stop the inflammation, uh, uh, restore oxidative metabolism and energy production, uh, you restore a lot of those proteins to their natural conformation so they are no longer antigenic, uh, uh, then your immune system uh, will will be able to quiet down and stop attacking. So uh, the autoimmune model that we've heard about, it literally does attack tissues that it shouldn't be because it's confused or... Uh, Yeah. yeah. No? Uh, Once you've activated the... Uh, the B cells to uh, mm-hmm. produce more and more uh, ant- antibodies, then they're less discriminant, uh, and so they'll uh, start trying to remove uh, too many cells uh, and uh, make the inflammation worse. But you've got to turn off the inflammation first. I see. Uh, then worry about wow. uh, getting rid of the antibodies. Like uh, when you're hypothyroid. Uh, your thyroid tissue is under stress, uh, and you'll form antibodies to those stressed thyroid cells. But all you have to do is supplement uh, the needed amount of thyroid hormone and nutrients uh, and allow the TSH to stop uh, overdriving and, and stressing your thyroid gland. Gradually, over six months to a year, those anti-thyroid antibodies will fade away. Fascinating. We we came across a website that may be of interest. I, I you know if they're accurate, and it seems that they would be. They're very uh, um, professional. The whole thing. It's called Let's Get Checked, and for a very small amount, you can get a test kit and do a blood thing, and they'll check. You can test your TSH just at home. Oh, that would be convenient. Yeah, I did mine, and that's how I found out mine was where it was. And I suspect it's accurate. I mean, you'd have no way of knowing, but it seems like, you know, they know what they're doing. But, yeah, it's called Let's Get Checked. It might be interesting for people. You can just do your TSH. I think it was like $75 or something. Mm -hmm. Um, Having a lot of friends writes an emailer, Asking how to detox from the vaccine, um, can Dr. Pete, does he have some ideas about this? Uh, yeah, I think treating it exactly the way you would treat the COVID infection, uh, b- because the spike protein is what causes the uh, uh, inflammatory coagulation uh, uh, d- damage, uh, uh, and 
the spike protein uh, occurs from the the vaccine just as much as from the virus itself. So, uh, take, taking the, uh, the the same same things uh, anti-inflammatory things uh, that would be aspirin, antihistamines, uh, uh, e- e- even uh, uh, the glucocorticoids or uh, progesterone. Uh, will uh, help to reduce the inflammation. Uh, uh, Getting enough carbohydrate in your diet to uh, restrain histamine production uh, is part of it. Uh, uh, Don't don't, uh, fast or or, uh, eat a pure protein diet, but that would uh, tend to uh, increase the inflammation and uh, uh, coagulation. Hmm. So, on the histamine thing, you want to get adequate carbohydrates for that, not mm-hmm. to get up, right? Mm-hmm. Can you ask Dr. Pete about uh, ways of protecting yourself from vaccine shedding? Maybe the same kind of answer? Uh, <clears throat> uh, yeah. Uh, just not not being uh, around crowds uh, that are likely to be shedding uh, 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 I, I think things like uh, a, a sudden a burst of nosebleeds or uh, untimely menstruation and so on uh, I think those are uh, likely uh, effects of uh, crowd crowd induced mm-hmm. uh, shedding poisoning mm-hmm. it's um December 20, 2021. Patrick Timpone, we're going to stick around after we left Dr. Pico and spend some time with you before we take a couple weeks off. Aaron writes in, I have a toothache and the gum around the tooth is inflamed. Does Dr. Pete have any suggestions what I can do? Uh, uh, Yeah, uh, very often uh, that starts with something you ate. Uh, I, I... had that experience for for many years. I I could uh, 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 an incipient uh, tooth <laughs> abscess or, or abscess below a tooth uh, would flare up uh, as soon as I ate potatoes or tomatoes, <laughs> uh, and so it it was a way of training me to uh, stop eating the, the foods that were uh, uh, affecting my. My mouth as well as my intestine. Fascinating. Wow. Uh, here's an email. I want to take a liquid supplement orally that has DMSO as a solvent. If I'm not allergic to DMSO, is 200 milligrams of DMSO orally a safe amount to take every day in the long term? Uh, uh, using it as a solvent for what? Uh, these, uh, they're asking about a liquid supplement that has a little bit of DMSO in there. Mm-hmm. Hmm, I've never heard of that. But. Um, it, it's, um, I, I think, not a good thing to take every day. Mm-hmm. Why would you take DMSO internally? Uh, um, they have found that it uh, has a, uh, an anti-inflammatory effect. Uh, it helps the same way uh, progesterone and anti-inflammatory things do to uh, let the cell give up some of the water it shouldn't have. Hmm. But but there are so many safer ways uh, to uh, reduce inflammation in cells uh, 
you, you can't always uh, count on the DMSO being uh, as pure as it should be. Uh, it, it can carry uh, trace allergens into your tissues. Mm-hmm. Here's an interesting question for you, Doc. Any ideas of why my long brown hair is thinning so much it breaks off at the shaft right where the follicle enters the scalp comes out with the slightest pull? Uh, that's most often an effective low thyroid. Uh, in animal studies, they find that, uh, uh, for example, uh, uh, a woman who was using uh, estrogen cream uh, found that her, uh, uh, her her fuzzy dogs, I forget what brand of dog it was, but her dogs were going bald uh, just from being in contact with her skin, estrogen cream. Uh, the, the estrogen tends to end the cycle of the uh, fast growing here, uh, low thyroid slows the growth and uh, thin, thins the shaft uh, diameter, so it, it gets weaker and weaker as your uh, thyroid is lower and the estrogen higher. Mm-hmm. Boy, that that's just an incredible thing when you think about it. The TSH, you're talking about zero point four for thyroid function. That's so much lower than, than than what is generally believed to be the right TSH level. Uh, oh yeah, uh, just lately wow. I heard from several people with a uh, four point something TSH, uh, and uh, they're obviously sick, uh, and their symptoms are all traceable to an excess of TSH. Uh, TSH itself is pro-inflammatory, and uh, just lowering it is going to improve your symptoms, but uh, increasing the metabolic rate uh, by uh, supplementing thyroid uh, Mm -hmm. with the anti-inflammatory effect of getting rid of excess TSH. And if you're experimenting with with your, say, your thyroid, whether it be piggy or whatever it is, Doc, how long would you want to be on it before you could reliably say, reliably say, well, I'm going to do another quick TSH maybe with this company to see where it is. Uh, how long would you want to be on it before it would be relevant? Uh, um, it, since it's very hard to predict hmm. what dose you need, uh, it, it's important to monitor your daily reaction by checking your pulse rate and temperature hmm. at waking and middle of the day uh, and to uh, uh, gradually increase the dose until you're at uh, an optimal uh, body temperature and pulse rate uh, and only at that point uh, should you bother to uh, check the TSH again because the, the temperature and pulse rate are are going to be changing as you're adapting to the dose. And how do we know what would be a, a just a right pulse rate for us, for you and I and our listeners? Um, whatever works for you to some extent. Mm-hmm. But uh, when you look at both healthy populations versus sick populations, 
uh, or if you look at uh, uh, people in the given state of health who happen to have a heart pacemaker, uh, uh, for example, they've given mental uh, acuity tests uh, to people with uh, uh, different heart rates or, or with a, a pacemaker installed. Uh, and if they uh, run the heart at 70 beats uh, and have a certain uh, quality of, of memory and reasoning ability, then they turn it up to 80 beats per minute and give them the test again. Uh, and all of their mental faculties have improved just by increasing the heart rate wow. a little above 70. Uh, uh, same with uh, uh, very healthy, uh, very alert people. Uh, they tend to have uh, faster heart rates. Uh, and, and, and females, too, have faster heart rates in general, don't they? Uh, yeah, uh, women have smaller hearts than men, uh, and uh, like kids have much faster pulse rates yeah. because their heart is smaller uh, and their metabolic rate is higher. But uh, uh, women generally have a slower metabolic rate than men, uh, uh, but but with a, a, f- a smaller heart, uh, uh, you have to uh, uh, consider the, uh, their body temperature and body size and so on to judge uh, uh, what each one means. But again, then in the afternoon, say one or two o'clock, uh, if you're just hanging around the house, you'd want to really try to be at 98.6, and that's a good indication of what your TSH is doing. Is uh, very very close in the long run. Wow, fascinating. Uh, an emailer says, "Doesn't orange juice spike your insulin?" I try to keep my carbs under 50 grams per day. Oh, oh, why, why do you want to keep it there? I don't know. That's what you oh, said. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, what would you make up uh, the, the calorie difference uh, with? Uh, too much protein is, uh, can be pro-inflammatory and anti-metabolic, slowing your, your thyroid function and lowering your temperature. Mm-hmm. Uh, and carbohydrates are really the most adjustable because uh, uh, sugar uh, uh, tends to increase your heat production uh, and metabolic rate. Uh, calcium and vitamin D are other things that uh, increase your ability to uh, oxidize uh, calories. Uh, I, I think anything up to over 200 grams a day is fine as, as long as your uh, calorie intake is in balance and your heat production is good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there any way to protect oneself from airplane radiation while traveling? Uh, oh, the, the cosmic radiation, uh, the, the scare about high-altitude uh, radiation uh, was invented by the nuclear industry. Uh, 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 p- people at high altitudes have much lower incidence of cancer, uh, uh, d- despite the uh, high- higher cosmic uh, ray uh, intensity. Uh, the, the, uh, uh, the cosmic rays uh, per, uh, per uh, unit of radiation are, are less harmful than the lower energy. Uh, wow. 
it's a matter of what they call linear linear energy transfer, uh, and it means that low energy X-ray is more toxic than high energy X-ray. Uh, gamma rays are higher energy than X-rays, and they're less toxic because they transfer less energy to the tissues. Uh, a per- particle uh, radiation uh, is ordinarily uh, far more toxic uh, than the electromagnetic uh, uh, X-rays, ultraviolet, or, or uh, gamma rays, uh, because the particle uh, slows down and gives up all of its energy to, to the tissue. But in the case of cosmic rays, uh, they are so extremely fast-moving uh, that uh, they um, uh, give up a, a much smaller amount of energy to harm the tissue. Fascinating. I had, this is anecdotal, but I have a good friend of mine who is over 80. I don't know. I don't, maybe he's one of the healthiest guys I know, and he was a pilot his whole life. You know, so, I mean, if that whole pilot thing or flying... He wouldn't even be around. It was it was so dangerous. Yeah, insurance companies have known for more than a hundred years. Really, <laughs> living at very high altitudes, uh, you you have less cancer and heart disease mortality. Now his hair is totally white, and he said it's been white most of his life. That's interesting. I don't know how that happened, but you know. Um, here's Lydia. A couple more, then we'll let you go, Doc. Our salt has not been iodized for so long now. Most people are deficient. Uh, see Dr. Brownstein's work on this, especially with regard to bromine-iodine relationship. Uh, uh, yeah, Brownstein was a follower of uh, uh, G or Guy Abraham, uh, and uh, I, I think there's a, a lot of assertion, almost no science uh, uh, behind oh. those claims. It's only these uh, two or three uh, people dis- descended mentally from uh, Abraham, uh, Abraham the uh, pro pro iodine. Uh, he-, he sold an iodine product. Hey, now you're not talking about like Abraham, biblical Abraham, somebody else. Uh, no, no, uh, no, no. Uh, uh, Doctor Abraham, and he's some a fellow that sold an iodine product, and that's where this all came from. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. His website, uh, uh, although he worked in, in the same uh, lab before I did, uh, uh, do, doing hamster aging research. Hmm. Uh, 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 after that, I, I think his whole thing was uh, to, to sell his products. Wow. It's, his website had uh, to- totally insane stuff about radiation and and iodine. Uh, after I ridiculed it, uh, the, the worst of it disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't didn't Edgar Casey wasn't he claimed that that he helped the body cure from some what was it with iodine was it um, some kind of plague thing or do you know what I mean? I, I, yeah, it, it was used to, uh, uh, scrofula was the original thing, but uh, it was a traditional uh, anti-inflammatory uh, uh, an- antiseptic drug. Uh, and, and generally, 
what Edgar Casey said was pretty well founded, but the I think you have to interpret the iodine stuff very carefully. Oh, sorry, I didn't quite get that. So he was on. He was on to something with the iodine. Was it for what? What? what what disease was I thinking of that he used it for? Was somebody in India? Um, do you know what I'm talking about? It has been successfully used for uh, uh, a lot of things: uh, uh, heart disease, uh, hardening of the arteries, uh, 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 breast tumors, even. Well, wow. but we don't need it now. You argue? Uh, no, we've been oversupplied with uh, uh, dietary iodine now. For, uh, for example. Uh, hmm. Bread and baked goods uh, for a long time were using an uh, iodine dough conditioner uh, to um, uh, make make the dough uh, produce lighter bread, uh, just using uh, for a physical effect an iodine compound. Uh, And that alone uh, was giving uh, the American population for decades uh, a toxic overdose of iodine. Do we get iodine when we eat um, a fresh fish as well? Uh, uh, yeah, having a, a serving of fish uh, uh, from the ocean uh, once a week will pretty much guarantee our adequate iodine. And any seaweed kind of stuff, too, would, would give us plenty of iodine, uh, uh, right? Uh, yeah, but you can overdose. A lot of people overdose by using an iodine-rich seaweed. And what would that... Uh, what would the symptoms be of an overdose? Uh, I, I think it contributes to the high incidence of nearsightedness in the Japanese. Really? Huh. Uh, uh, an antithyroid effect can show up as nearsightedness. Wow. Interesting. Um, final, final one. This is a good question. Oh, somebody just, uh, somebody just wrote in here. Oh, our friend Adam Bergstrom, Dr. Pete. He said, Guy E. Abraham. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not sure how you pronounce his first name, but uh, French would be Guy. But, Guy E. Uh, Abraham, that's who you're, you're talking about on this iodine thing. Uh, yeah. Wow. Final one. So Dr. Pete just said that the thyroid has to do a lot with hair follicles and calling it a low thyroid TSH reading. Would increasing my dosage help with the hair falling out as I am on two-grain natural thyroid, and would it raise my heart rate if I increased it? So she's right now on what a, two grains, which is what 120 milligrams. Um, uh, yeah, that was the average dose for decades mm-hmm. using farmer's thyroid. And would that? Do uh, you think the average dose is higher now for any reason? Um, no, it's probably no. around 120. And again, if somebody wasn't sure, they can either do the test or work with the um, the body uh, yeah. temperature and the pulse. And yeah, and you def- definitely don't want to start right out with two grains. Uh, no, e- even if that's what you were going to end up with in six months uh, as a starting dose, it, it could easily cause heart pains, or, or, or uh, it, it will imbalance your, your nutrients to uh, go at it too suddenly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, finally, I, do, do you think uh, even the best of food 
uh, grade or uh, food source vitamins um, reasonable to take? Uh, what was the last Just food, food source, like all from food and organic foods, some kind uh-huh. of vitamin supplement. They have a good liquid ones that appear to be good. Do you think it's reasonable to play with those? Uh, um, no. If, if they're supposed to be extracted from foods, uh, they're going to be uh, far more expensive than the food would be. Right. Uh, yes. And in the process of extracting them, uh, very often uh, uh, extraneous materials uh, get in and, and you uh, lose some of the active ingredients. Yeah, yeah. Well, Dr. Pete, um, such a such an honor to have you on, and thanks so much for coming on here once a month. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. God love oh, okay. You. It's always fun. Yeah, well, I'm glad you have a good time and glad you keep coming. So we'll see you next year, huh? Have fun. Santa oh, Claus okay. coming around your house, do you think? Uh, probably. Oh, yeah. well, good. Well, that's great. Sir, thank you. I love you, and uh, you let us know if we can help, and we'll see you third week in January. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Dr. Ray Pete, Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. He's the bomb, huh? Yep. Yep. I tell you what, I like his stuff. Well, uh, you know what we're going to do here, just because it's my kind of last day with you before I go on a little vacay? Uh, What do you say? I just... um, uh, go to little boy's room. That's probably more information than what you need. And then we'll just come back in about uh, five minutes and uh, hang out for a little bit. We'll go through the, some of the news. If you want to call in, 888 And we'll just play around for a little bit before we kind of wrap up our uh, 2021 year with you as we're going to take some time off and come back on the 3rd with uh, Adam Bergstrom. I think it's the 3rd of January. So stay right there. Thank you. Pass on these links to everyone that you care about. If you'd like to look at our videos, they're on BitChute. The link is right on the top uh, front of One Radio Network. Sign up for Telegram. We have quite a nice group we're developing there. The Telegram link, it's a social media network platform that that doesn't um, censor anybody. And, uh, you know, we're back on Facebook now after being in jail for 30 days, but... I'm pretty feisty, so I don't know how long that's going to last. But uh, email me if I can uh, help with anything. Our website will be here all year round. I mean, all the rest of the last two weeks. So if you need something, don't be shy about ordering up from all of our fine people you see on the front page. we got some really, really nice products. No matter what it is, sulfur, uh, sauna, we'll get, you know, we'll, you know, we'll take care of it. You'll get things shipped out before the end of the year. Uh, you know, I'll still be around the computer. Uh, so whatever you want to order, if you, I can help you with anything, let me know. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. I love you all very much. We'll see you in about five minutes, and we'll hang out for a little bit before we go. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.